0: Welcome and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. We have Hank Green back with us for another episode. Last time he was here was a few years ago and lots has happened since. Lots has happened since. Uh, we talk about his newest novel, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor, and the original title and why the original title might have been a little bleak and not so hopeful. As the current title is, we also talk about what it's like being the poster child for TikTok. Uh, We learn about the algorithm ins and outs of it. We also learn a lot about science and a lot about uh, man of wars, more than I thought I would ever in my life, let alone on one episode of a podcast of Not Too Deep. But we do get ready for another episode of Not Too Deep with Hank Green. Hank Green, thank mm-hmm. you for being here. TikToks cover boy, Hank Green. Oh, uh, uh, have
1: you seen my TikToks?
0: Oh, I just went on a journey of the Hank Green TikToks, <laughs> and look, I am i I'm a big fan of uh, you know Delete This and Dear Hank and John. Mm-hmm. I listen to them very regularly. So I've only heard you mention this TikTok journey that you've been on. Yes. In in both podcasts. And so I, you know, knowing that you were going to be here with us today, did my research and wow.
1: What do you think?
0: I mean, I get it. It's your, (laughs) your TikToks. I've been so um, confused and have felt like I can't puncture the, the hole or the bubble that is TikTok. And I, Uh I kind of, you helped me kind of get it.
1: Yeah, it's got a really specific energy that is actually very similar to mine overall. Like, to your
0: personal energy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Like it's it's frenetic. It's never focused yeah. on any one thing for more than 15 seconds. Yeah. It, and, and like one of the things that I like very much about TikTok is that like failure is both fine and expected. That, yes. Th- I, I there... was worried about making content because people would be like, why did you make that thing? Did you think that was going to be successful? You don't understand the platform, but it's just like mm-hmm. actual most like TikTokers make like eight videos a day. <laughs> and well, I know expect that's all the of one, them to do poorly.
0: That's the one thing, because I also couldn't do Vine. Like I don't know if chemically I just wasn't made for it. And no, I tried. Yeah. And so that's my uh, kind of blind uh, association with TikTok is that mm-hmm. it's got that kind of energy. But it really does like put a saddle on anxiety and, like, lets you ride it. Yeah. It is. uh, Because even just looking at your homepage, all of the thumbnails are just, like, gyrating a little bit, which creates, when you look at it in whole, a very anxiety-inducing experience (laughs) versus, like, looking at someone on Instagram that has a perfectly aesthetically curated, like, monochromatic or whatever kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and so I get it, that it just, like, allows you to use that kind of unbridled, unhinged, yeah. frenetic energy.
1: Yeah. And absolutely no idea what's gonna do well. No idea. Really? I'll I'll upload like I'll be like this one's gold, this one's going, this one's huge, and it'll get like twenty thousand views. And then mm. I'll just like do this offhanded crap that's got like a half joke in it and it gets like 10 million.
0: Is there any familiarity to the beginning of YouTube? Absolutely.
1: Really? Yeah, I mean, a, a, there's a couple of really familiar things. One is that nobody's doing it for money because there isn't much. You have to have a very big TikTok audience to to be making any money at all on the platform, right? And so it. it and the other reason that it's not about money is that like the moment that you start to want to turn your creative TikTok endeavor into something, um, you know, you, you have to be spending time doing that rather than spending time making your TikToks. And and if you are spending time doing that or like seem interested in drawing people off of that platform, there's always somebody else ready to take your spot. Like you have very little Uh control over your audience, which Hmm. is very different from early YouTube, where like early YouTube, we, you know, subscribers was the main way that you got views and you had that really tight relationship with them. Whereas on TikTok, it feels very much like I don't have a couple of people, but mostly I don't have a very tight relationship with any of the people I follow on TikTok. And don't really is, ev- even expect to see them on my For You page that often.
0: Right. The So is that, as someone that's, you know, lived the whole whatever blueprint of YouTube now, is that mm-hmm. more exciting to you to be on TikTok where you have no uh, ability to analyze and kind of figure out how this algorithm works? Or is it <laughs> more frustrating to be like, I can't figure out how this goddamn algorithm works?
1: Well yeah yeah I mean I I think I understand perfectly how the algorithm works which is that um it is designed to give you random reward which is how you hack a human brain to continue trying something ah. And if you th- if you if you give people a clear path to how to get to the reward then that is much less appealing than when if they don't quite know and then they try all kinds of things and behave in all kinds of irrational ways and continue seeking the reward. This works on dogs. This works on people. This works on children. Like it's this, really like casino level stuff.
0: Yeah. There's a, Oh man, that just brought me back to, I remember taking an improv class uh, when I was like early, early twenties. And we had an exercise that we did. That was like the hardest one of our class where our teacher told us we had, we had to do improv by ourself, uh in front of the whole class. And, we couldn't stop until our teacher told us we were allowed to stop. Mm -hmm. So it like pushed you to keep trying different things to get your teacher Mm -hmm. to tell you, okay, you've completed your exercise. (laughs) And it was the most vulnerable, raw thing uh, and frustrating and people were crying at moments, um, which is what I assume TikTok is just putting yourself out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is very open and creative and wild and weird and, um, it, it reminds me of early YouTube in a lot of ways, and it's also like very clearly the way that people are getting noticed now. Like it's so hard mm-hmm. to to break through on YouTube, and it's so and so hard, and even you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places have gotten yeah. Twitch too has gotten harder to break through. But on on TikTok, there's both like the because you can't make money, a lot of uh, bigger creators kind of are are. And also, it's kind of got a fairly impenetrable culture sometimes. A lot of bigger mm. creators aren't aren't taking the time to to interface with it. And honestly, I wouldn't either if I wasn't like just sort of deeply curious about internet media. The only right. reason I started doing it was because I was like, okay, fine, I need to understand this platform, and I'm not going to understand it unless I make content on it.
0: sure. but you're also a human being that martyrs yourself for your craft. <laughs> like, I feel like <laughs> if you are. <laughs> I listened to Delete This. I know what Catherine feels about how involved you are in everything that you're doing. So pile it on with added TikTok uh, yeah. content. I mean,
1: I really do have to stop making TikToks fairly soon just because I've got a lot else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's also a piece of me that wanted to sort of build up a little TikTok following for my book launch.
0: Well, no, that's not like that. <laughs> you shouldn't feel weird about that. That's... Yeah. Uh, that's just natural, good strategy, yeah. marketing, et cetera. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of,
1: there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, it feels like a lot of my people are on TikTok, like a lot of old nerd fighters or, you know, people who watch Crash Course and SciShow are on that platform, so.
0: That's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about a beautifully foolish endeavor.
1: Oh, yeah? You, yeah. Uh, okay, good.
0: Okay, Um because I ha- will
1: not stop talking about TikTok if you don't stop me.
0: No, I know. And this is how I'm just using you as like my source of information for all things TikTok. Because mm-hmm. honestly, watching you TikTok makes me believe that I could TikTok. <laughs> I, you totally fucking
1: could. You uh, You would, I think you would kill.
0: It's. You just have like to like
1: let it all go and be like, okay,
0: I this know, is a TikTok, what, I guess. That's what looks so wonderful about it is that it does feel like only wild mistakes are embraced on there, and that's like my whole core self. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. A, beautish, a b- beautifully foolish endeavor mm-hmm. wasn't the original title. I know. What was the original title?
1: I can't tell you. I don't think. Oh, okay. It might I be a little I, bit of a. Did I tell somebody?
0: I think. Or no, you might have just misspoken the title in a podcast. Oh episode yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell. I'll tell you that version. Sure. The. There. Well, Grace, there were a number of different titles. Um, and for a long time, the <laughs> yeah, title this was,
0: is your, I'm prepping you for your whole press run that you'll have Thank to do you. for the book. Yeah, Don't worry. Exactly we'll right. get it all out now.
1: Uh, yeah, the the for a while, the title was a beautifully feudal endeavor, which I like a lot, mm. like I like for a lot of reasons. Um, I think mm-hmm. that it it sounds better in the mouth. It's got a better feel, Uh, Mm -hmm. beautifully feel. Well, and I screwed it up. There
0: you go. Perfect.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, uh, But the feedback was, we don't love that feel. The vibe Mm. is a little off. I don't know if anybody's going to want to read a book. That's just about a beautifully futile endeavor, um, which is, um, you know, a kind of a little bit how I feel about humanity, which is Mm -hmm. also you know, that's that's what the title refers to. It's yeah. talking about, you know, people and our our endeavor. Um, but ultimately, it is, it is futile. And and a little bit of the beauty in it is in its futility. Like there will come a day and I mm-hmm. predict it will be long from now when there will be no humans left to remember that humans were ever here. And so mm-hmm. like this thing that we sort of imagine as the human story um, is. You know, that that like at like legacy and, you know, um, like being remembered in any way, all of that mm-hmm. to me is like ultimately, you know, maybe it's maybe it's kind of got a beauty to it, but it, it's very futile. What's not futile is like making things so that people today and tomorrow and all the days after that will have a slightly better life. And like mm-hmm. that's, you know, it, but that's about them in that time, not about humanity as a whole that sort of is a thing that stretches infinitely into the future and i like that's sort of like my touchstone when i'm trying to imagine like the human endeavor and sort of a, a large-scale way is that it's it's much more about affecting the people that we mm-hmm. uh that we you know love now and that we want to like alleviate the suffering of now but also you know how how that will you know move on to to you know Theoretically, most of the people who are people who haven't been born yet. Like, that's the yeah. hope is that most of the people haven't been born yet. And those are the people that we're, you know, we ultimately also have an obligation to.
0: So, so teens can read this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that philosophy does not really exist in the book. It just informs the book.
0: No, um, that's, I mean, but, it sounds like you've gone to a very, I mean, I, it, it's really, Wonderful and so cool and so, like, empowering to be able to use a novel as a vehicle to really write the deeper, darker thoughts Mm -hmm. that you have about and predictions that you have about humanity in general. So you must have kind of had to dip into some bleaker, Mm -hmm. uh, more futile places in your brain to think about it and then kind of, like, reform it into something that doesn't totally... Uh, mm-hmm. terrify humans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and it is a little b- bit terrifying. I think that, you know, anytime we're, you know, dealing with like death is very scary and then like mm-hmm. but we sort of alleviate that fear by by thinking about, you know, that the species continues or that the human story continues. And then but then there's also that thing that like eventually there's going to be some sort of species wide Um sure. probably 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 I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we'll figure something out. <laughs> Um, But like from what I know of how physics works, it would be hard, hard to go on for, you know, Mm -hmm. tens of billions of years would be difficult. But like, that's very much be like it's that's practically infinite by our current Mm timescales. So but but yeah, I I mean, the book is, you know, to some extent, it's about it. So there is a character in the book who has a fairly good idea of what the future of humans might look like. Is it April? No, it's Carl.
0: Oh. oh, okay. Um,
1: and uh, and so, um, and and because of that, I have to sort of, from my perspective, like silently on the outside of the author, also kind of feel like I have that, which of mm-hmm. course I don't. Like the the character actually does in the universe right. of the novel, um, whereas I don't really. And interestingly, like. Carl and I come down on different spots on this. Like, Carl mm-hmm. believes a different thing than I actually do. Um, but, like, it was a more interesting story with Carl Carl having a different opinion than me.
0: That And that must be difficult and also very cathartic to write through characters that have different opinions than you. Like, when you're writing, uh, you know, you're writing these characters that are super rich, super complex, are you doing anything exercise wise to like break them down into like their moral codes in certain ways like their their hogwarts houses if you will their myers-briggs personalities (laughs) all of that
1: yeah there's a there's several like a lot of it is their backstory so things Mm -hmm. that you know like that's how i sort of touchstone to it instead of um thinking about myers-briggs or something i i um My sort of like building block is a few stories that I know about their past that informs who they are that like the Mm -hmm. reader never knows. And that just sort of helps me like like sort of formative experiences that they had um, that I can look to when they're in a difficult uh, like they're having to make a difficult decision or, um, you know, they're trying to solve a hard problem.
0: No, that makes so much sense and uh, obviously makes it so much clearer for you when you do hit an impasse of how to navigate in that character's point of view, knowing all that backstory, Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: that's what humans do. (laughs) Uh, uh, So as of now, while we're recording this episode, your book has yet to be read by people other than close confidants, your brother who a couple of
1: we have we just got a couple (laughs) of reviews. From people who are not who who like are paid to have opinions about books and not uh-huh. paid to make me feel good about myself, um, right. which is very good because both of the reviews were very good. Great. Um, and it just makes me feel very happy because like that's that's the first time you really know.
0: Right. Like, so it, that's my yeah. question. In that time, like. You it's like, you know, cooking a meal that you're like, I've added everything I think makes this meal great. Yeah. Are they gonna think it's great? I don't yeah. know. Like, what is that limbo period like?
1: It's terrible. Um, you know, I like <laughs> the the solution is generally like open the book, read a page of the book, and think to yourself, that was good. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes though, you open the book, read a page of the book, and you're like, ah, there's a couple things I would have changed there. That's actually. Not sure if I really uh, did that one perfect. Um, and so like that, that's actually during the process of writing the book. There's a lot. It's very, it would be very unusual, I think, for authors to sort of not have a little bit of negative self-talk and like think that, of course. like, why am I, why am I doing this? This is bad. And the this is sounds a little egotistical, but the way that the path over that for me is always like reading some of the book and being like, well, that was good. Like, I liked that. Good. That was like, that was good. That made me feel interested in the story, and I think that I did a good job of telling that joke, and etc. So that's great. Um, but but like you, but yes, the the period of time between when the book is locked and when you get the first review is basically for me, it's a constant uh, practice of trying to not think about it, because <laughs> that like because yeah. thinking about it n- is is always bad. Yeah. Like the moment I think about it, it's just like straight anxiety, spiral, sweaty pits, Mm -hmm. um, and like completely distracted from everything else in my life by that thought. Sure. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, and, and yeah. And, and then the first review comes out and like literally jumped up and down. I was so excited. Because I had been spending so much time like trying not to think about this. Mm-hmm. That the moment they review him, my inbox and it was a star review from uh, Library Journal, just like a basically a publication for librarians. Yes, um, I just
0: heard about this on Dear Hank and John, oh. and you guys explained exactly what a one-star review is—a very, very elite yeah, that's, a, that's the number, that's the review. top number
1: of stars you can get in a review is one star, which is that's not,
0: great. <laughs> I mean, they they should talk to Yelp and clarify a star system yeah, so that yeah. we the can most, all most universally
1: reviews don't get a star. That is basically the (laughs) thing. Well,
0: congratulations.
1: Yeah. And and I was, uh, yeah, I like that was the relief was massive and, and they got it too. Like the things that they liked about the book are also things that I like about the book a lot.
0: That's great. Because when you're, do you ever have a certain person in mind that you are writing specifically for, for the, like one person to enjoy this book? No, you're kind of writing broad.
1: I don't think about, I don't think about that um, I don't even you think don't about You don't think about
0: other people, got it. Mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: interesting. Yeah, I I'm just trying to tell the story, I guess.
0: No, that's I mean that's great. I everyone has their system and I'm always fascinated as to like what maybe you've adopted or don't even know that you've adopted because yeah. this is your sec it's your second novel mm-hmm. compared to the first bit easier more difficult no,
1: a harder significantly harder a couple of really yeah i mean i didn't have a time limit on the first one so mm. i i just like i wrote it for like eight years and yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like threw stuff away and rewrote stuff constantly um and like ignored it for months at a time whereas this one i had a deadline and so that was very different um and i also like just Stylistically, I changed some things up. It's a little bit longer, so that takes more time. And um, and also, it's from multiple points of view. So the first book was almost all, except for the last chapter, from one person's point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just April sort of like writing her memoir. Mm-hmm. And this one, April's not around. Um, uh, <gasps> she's not... I'm uh, trying to avoid spoilers here. She's yeah, not around. No um, and... The, or is she or is she <laughs> um she, she actually does have the first chapter so like you'll see okay. you'll see her um so uh and that's known that's not that's that's not new information so and then the rest of them are from the perspective of uh four other characters and that's so I had to like exciting. write all these other characters and that was really difficult because I had like getting into April's head you know it was hard but like once I was mm-hmm. there I was there switching okay. back and forth all the time and uh, there was a lot of times when i wrote a scene from one person's point of view and then it like didn't fit into the story right so i'd have to mm-hmm. rewrite the scene from another person's point of view which is really an interesting exercise because like there like as i did it i was like your brain is different you imagine yeah. things differently than that other character you see this all differently you're you know you're not seeing yourself and so mm-hmm. you're like and so like you don't like you know we don't even always we usually don't know what we look like or what our faces are doing. And so, like, right. you know, that is all that's like that. That's I, a really fun exercise to do in, in general, I think. But like it turned out it was a thing I had to do accidentally.
0: No, that's uh, yeah. I think in basic terms, what is like empathy or compassion are offshoots of that exercise. Just mm-hmm. being able to understand someone else's point of view and exactly how they would respond to a situation and why is uh super fascinating yeah um okay we're gonna take a quick break when we get back i have more questions for you and then um i also have some questions from the internet for you so i'll be right back with more not too deep Okay, we're back in. Uh, Speaking of quarantine, have uh, you and Catherine learned anything new about each other in this quarantine? (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Because my favorite thing of listening to Delete This, which if you guys don't know, uh, Hank and Catherine have a wonderful podcast called delete this and it just makes you while you're listening to it feel like you're crawled up in bed with them like crunching on chips and just like looking (laughs) at a computer screen (laughs) because I love that the microphone sounds like it's 10 feet yeah. away from both yeah, of you. Yeah,
1: well, it's not well <laughs> produced. Yeah, that's a vibe.
0: And then yeah. you guys will just spend like 20 minutes watching a cat video together, just <laughs> laughing at it, explaining, <laughs> explaining nothing to people that are only listening. We try and to I explain.
1: We try to explain.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I love how casual it is. And I love how Catherine's just so over it immediately. And it's <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um. Uh, but in quarantine you guys have obviously probably been spending mm-hmm. way more time together. Have you learned anything new?
1: Um I think that uh we've definitely learned I mean Catherine and I have both learned that like my seemingly infinite capacity for like getting shit done is not infinite and ah. um and so we have had to look harder at our at my priorities. Um, Not our priorities, because I think the <laughs> Catherine's are pretty in order. Um, yeah,
0: I feel like also on Delete This, every episode is Catherine just publicly stating how much she doesn't condone you working as hard on as many things as you do. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, this is a, definitely a theme.
0: I love yeah. it. It's literally like her last course of action is to say it on the podcast to get someone yes. to back her up.
1: <laughs> Does anybody agree with me on this yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. They do. They all do. And yeah. And so, but, but actually I've had, I had to do it and yeah. um, like, like physically, you know, I just like, it didn't have enough time to do all the obligations that I, that were, that I had signed up for.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, you know, my, my life got like more complicated. It didn't have like extra time when quarantine rolled around. I had much less because of trying to like figure out how to, run a business in uh in this time and like how to keep everybody oh, yeah. safe and employed and like change the way that we operate out of our warehouse and like all this stuff which you know was really important but you know it was and a it's lot all
0: stuff work. no one sees it's all happening behind the scenes sure yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. um and and all re- like really important stuff but like yeah so i went down to not to, to much less sleep than i usually get and that clearly started to look unsustainable. And um, yeah, and um, so I kind of like I met my limit. You know, I, f- I finally yeah. figured out where it was. Now I know. That's,
0: that's great. <laughs> and it only took a global pandemic for you to get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like that's a little bit of what's happening with everyone that's been in the digital space for a certain period of time. Everyone's mm-hmm. having a little bit of that reflective moment of where do we go from here how do we go from here what yeah. do we what do we go from here situation yeah.
1: i think there's also like a certain amount of like locating strength um in a t- in a hard time where um you know i th- i think we can be surprised by the strength of our family members when mm-hmm. especially it's sort of like you know in a more traditional role like i might feel like i'm the one who must su- like provide the strength and support in the difficult time because i am the man And, uh, and like finding that there were going to be times when I was going to be weak and feel really sort of broken and, and helpless and, um, feel like a failure, like at times and, and Mm -hmm. to, to have, you know, and also Catherine would have these times when she'd feel really uncertain and not know what to do. And, and like knowing that we could be strong for each other in the moments when, we needed it was... Trusting each other.
0: Truly trusting, like, your ability to support each other Mm -hmm. uh, at any particular moment because I feel like this time's so wild that it's impossible to predict, like, when that overwhelm is going to wash over you and you feel, Mm -hmm. like, the weight of the world and then the moments when you feel like... Now it's time to TikTok. Let's do it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get Catherine to TikTok with me.
0: Oh, uh, I'm a, I just want—I just want a slightly over it Catherine in the background of your TikToks, not participating at all. <laughs> That's my yeah, suggestion. I just
1: like—I just like come into the room and I'm like doing a di- TikTok dance, and Catherine's like. Oh no!
0: Oh, I love it so much.
1: That I uh, that I do I do think that I will never do a TikTok dance. Um, oh
0: well, it's I on the I record could, here. Could, we'll see pro- what happens.
1: I could probably pull it off, but it looks like a, these kids are good dancers. It looks like it's, a lot of work.
0: It's so impressive that it's uh it. And it blows my mind that that's what I'm finding impressive at this, you know, state (laughs) of the world and my age. But, yeah, yeah, it's is—it's wildly impressive, and I just uh, know that I can't do it, so I have to appreciate the people that can. Um, What's it like having the coolest son?
1: It's so good. He's great. How old is
0: Oren? Is how old now? Yeah,
1: he's like three and a half right now. So he's
0: reached that point where he... Kind of is starting to understand things. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. He yeah. Ever, he he gets some stuff pretty well. Um, you know, he knows when uh, he knows when like a good thing is going to happen, and he knows when a bad thing is <laughs> going to happen. And he expresses can you let him
0: know to his... tell me when the good things and the bad <laughs> things are going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, the good. Yeah. You just have to like adjust your uh, adjust your perspective on what a good thing is. Like yeah, a good thing true. is like watching octonauts.
0: <laughs> oh you know? yeah, he just knows yeah. how to appreciate the small things. Yeah, mm,
1: exactly. And uh, and it's it's a it is such an interesting um, thing to watch a person become themselves a little bit to watch their personality mm-hmm. form and to you know see their like Orange like weird interests and I don't like oh. I don't like I don't know where why he gets in, into like certain things and I'm like is that just was that me that I like. like express value in that object or was that you were you just like some like a kid who's really into the moon and he's super into the moon always has been every time the moon's up in the sky he sees it way before like he like every time he walks outside he like looks checks to make sure the moon's up like or not (laughs) and he's like he
0: knows something that we don't know (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: like, that's an escape route for when the yeah. world really goes bad and he's just making yeah. sure it's still parked in the waiting period <laughs> well, one of
1: the one of the first like more complex sentences he ever said was moon friend always comes back
0: Wow, that is incredibly ominous. (laughs) That's that's like a beautiful sentiment. And also, I want to be like, I'm a
1: little freaked out.
0: What Has something visited your window in the night? What's going on? Uh, What are his interests? Because that, to me, is so fascinating where he's at the Mm -hmm. phase where he's like, I mean, children are sponges. Like, like right. you said, like, is this me, or did you naturally find this interesting?
1: Right. Yeah. He loves. I mean, he loves to read. He loves to read. By which I mean, he <laughs> loves to have me read to him. Um, <laughs> and so he's uh, a big
0: Audible fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, he loves to throw things. This is one of his oh. major interests. He okay. loves throwing things, particularly if he can throw them into either a hole. Or a okay. body of water, which I don't think is roughly equivalent to him, but he loves it when he throws something and then he d- can't have it anymore. He's like, basically, wow. I've, I've made this thing vanish. There's on our street. There's like somebody sawed off a, a chain link fence that's like uh-huh. sunk into asphalt. They like okay. couldn't get it out of the asphalt, so they just sawed it off. So like the <laughs> base of the of the, the chain link fence is still open and so it's like a little round hole that's just uh-huh. dark inside. It's just darkness in there. And Oren, <laughs> over the last year, has filled up every one of them. <laughs> just with stuff? <laughs> with little stuff. Yeah, the stuff he picks up and puts in the hole and I'm like, we're, go- we're going on a walk and he's like, I just got to put a couple more rocks into this hole. <laughs>
0: He likes things to have uh, fullness, yeah. completion. That's yeah. very sweet. Yep. Oh, uh, have you spent any time thinking about what you do in relation to showing him eventually?
1: Oh, what do you mean? Like
0: like videos, like oh, the book, like, 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 like right. the, the eventual understanding that you do things that, uh, affect many people,
1: or yeah, or like other people don't have the same job as me. I haven't, right? I haven't spent much time thinking about that. He likes my songs, like okay. he will request. He'll come into my office and be like, "Daddy, play Anglerfish by Hank Green." Oh. Like I'm, like I'm Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <yeah>. know. <laughs> and I'm like, that I, you don't have to like put the artist on it. It's just I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Uh, and. Um. Uh, so so yeah, he he knows that I can play songs, but I don't think he thinks that's weird or exceptional. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, and he also watches SciShow Kids, our kids show, and I I am occasionally oh. on that show. So so when I show up, he's like, "There's Daddy. Daddy's there." But I don't think he thinks that's weird either. Like I think right. that he just thinks that like Daddy's in the video sometimes,
0: and oh, he like so he's watched
1: me edit video. Like sometimes he like sits on my lap while I make Vlogbrothers. and so he sort of. I don't know if if he has any idea what I'm doing. I think he thinks I'm just like watching bad, weird video that (laughs) (laughs) goes backward and forward a lot.
0: Everyone watches videos (laughs) of themselves. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of the the whole science side of it, because not only have you written your second book, but you still are heavily involved in science and we're Mm -hmm. in this pandemic and I'm sure you've, looked at everything. Uh, and mm-hmm. my biggest question, cause I did see this on your TikTok a little bit is the idea of, um, debunking scientific information that is false, that goes viral. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that is kind of one of the more major things happening right now. And especially for myself where I'm going online and trying to figure out and stay informed and, uh, you know, if something is just passed around kind of frivolously, you Mm -hmm. have to really check yourself on making sure you don't take, you know, frivolous as fact. Do you feel a major obligation to be kind of like regulating this right now or just like calling out for people to acknowledge that this is possible and to do their own like due diligence research kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I recognize that like right now is very is harder than it's ever been, because usually when we're doing science communication, we're communicating about stuff that we that we've had a lot of time to learn, that we've Mm -hmm. done a lot of checking on, that we, you know, have we've had the time to do the research and research takes time. Mm -hmm. And during this period, we have had to sort of go with what felt what what was best at the moment. Right. and the best information that we had at the time is going to be different from the best information that we have now and that's a hard thing to explain to people because in general we we the the science story is generally pitched as like here's the here's all the things mm-hmm. um and then if you get more nuanced than that it's like here's all the things we know um but but like the like it's very important and also if you are in science communication or in science what you know is that, like, we are in the middle of science. We have right. gotten this far through, and there is, in, like, basically infinite uh, things that we don't know. And we don't talk about the things that we don't know because we don't know them. Like, not because we don't want to admit it, but because, like, it's not interesting because we don't know them.
0: <laughs> right, um, right, right.
1: You know, and it's, it can be interesting to say, like, you know, we don't really know how Portuguese man of war breed like that's that's an interesting thing that we don't know but mm-hmm. like we don't but it's it's much it's much less interesting than um portuguese man-o-war are actually not an organism they are four different organisms that rely on each other to survive and integrate their flesh together uh but have gi- like distinct uh nervous systems and genetic material and that's like uh-huh. what? so like this uh-huh. animal is not an animal it's four different animals and like sorry <laughs> That's well. how it works, yeah, so like that's that's more interesting, and that's the thing that we know. But like if we knew how Portuguese mana-war bred, there'd probably be something similarly weird that we could that I could tell you, but like I, we just don't have hmm. a great idea of how it works. We know a couple of things, but um, so like like th- there's you know we, we and uh, we also, mostly when we teach people, we don't teach them that like there's all this stuff we don't know, or even that the stuff that we found out was once stuff that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. In many cases, up until very recently, and uh, and and so that that presents this idea that science is this static thing, and it's a body of knowledge. And then when science sort of like so, like says a different thing one day than another day, then it feels like oh, all credibility has been lost, oh. un, un, unless you sort of understand that this is a process, not a static body of knowledge. Yeah. So, and so I, that's.
0: I... Well, no, go ahead. That's yeah. That no. That's very interesting the way that you put that because that makes sense why people um, with short tempers immediately lose their patience yeah. with um, scientists and doctors and and the the like because it mm-hmm. is an ever evolving yeah. uh, academic world and there's it's impossible to know absolutely everything about everything.
1: Right, and and like you know, with something that's like very new, mm-hmm. um, like like the control of it, the spread of a specific disease, we're not going to know anything at first. Hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, you give the best information that, you know, like it, with mask wearing, for example, like you don't want to, to like run out of masks for healthcare professionals. So initially you say, well, we're not sure if masks are going to help. And so don't worry about it right now. Then research comes out that says that masks definitely do help. And also we have way more of them because we were able to scale up production capacity. Mm-hmm. So definitely wear a mask. And suddenly it's like, well, you told me a different thing a month ago. I can't trust you. And it's like, well, like there's a reason why we told you a different thing a month ago. And, and like reasons have changed. Hmm. As for like how obligated I feel to communicate and to fight against misinformation vary, especially like right now when it comes to masks. It is very important that when we are indoors with other people that we are wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Like that is a thing that's going to save lives. It's going to be a thing that will allow the economy to reopen and stay opened for longer. It's going to have people like it's going to allow us to continue to have jobs and help each other. And, you know, it's going to keep people who have worked their whole lives to make this country better and are now in their 60s and 70s and 80s. It's going to keep those people alive and we're going to protect those people who are people that we should can care about. And uh, and like that, like you are not wearing a mask to protect yourself. You're wearing a mask to protect other people and you're wearing a mask to normalize it so that other people see that and say like, oh, it's it's normal to wear a mask and I shouldn't feel weird about this.
0: It's like uh, shoes.
1: It's like shoes. It's just like Like, shoes.
0: We don't have to wear (laughs) shoes, but we wear shoes. And if we just make a mask-style video like Shoes, the YouTube video, (laughs) I think that... (laughs) (laughs) Masks. I I think that could work. I also wonder when you were talking about how, you know, the way in which you speak about science is ever evolving. Oh, people get upset when suddenly something is slightly different than what was reported before. I wonder if there's a way to present science like a reality television show. <laughs> Like previously on science and then you say what the story was before and you acknowledge Mm. and then it's under the, you know, narrative and the structure that it's going to be changing and evolving as the storyline progresses.
1: Uh Uh, I wonder if more people
0: could get on board with it. I like
1: that. Well, I mean, and that's, that's, uh, that's basically the story of every, every science news story is that like previously we thought X, but actually Y and
0: so we just got to yeah. jazz up the editing and get a couple <laughs> scientists that really have low morals to be involved and to create some sort of drama. Mm-hmm. And then hey, finally, everyone of, will get there's, it.
1: There's reality TV that doesn't rely exclusively on drama. You just got to it's
0: like we what have are to you, have like okay, science. What are you watching?
1: I'm a, I'm a big I've watched like every literally every season of Drag Race, even the first one, which is n- not super easy to do. <laughs>
0: Are you watching All Stars right now?
1: I am watching All Stars right
0: now. Okay. Are you rooting for anyone in particular? I'm a big Juju B fan.
1: Oh, I like Juju B. Um, I, and
0: also Shay is just yes, such a that's, champion. Yes, that's,
1: that's who I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah. Shay and like Shay, I don't want to spoil it, but like this is coming out far in the future. Shea was in the yeah. bottom of the of the most recent episode that I watched, yeah. and that was very scary for me and Catherine
0: oh same i I was and because the rules of this the all yeah. seasons are very like survivor style rules where like you like can it. vote out your yeah. biggest threat that it feels like oof the there's a lot of psychological warfare yeah. going on yeah
1: I like I, drag race has always felt like it's a it's intentionally avoided that survival style like get rid right. of the biggest threat in part because like you don't want to have a final between like two queens who aren't great like you want the mm-hmm. best people to reach the end so that the like last three people are amazing right and uh, and you like see it and believe it uh, and so you don't want you know yeah you don't want to lose those those people but I think that there's that culture kind of has stood up and, pro- and hopefully will will hold up but yeah. I do really like the lip sync assassin that's <gasps> very Me too! good That Me- cha- that's a great innovation and I'm super into it
0: it's so fun. And also having watched the Untucked uh, where they show you like the arrival of the lip sync assassin mm-hmm. and knowing that it is super secretive and none of the queens yeah. know who it is. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it makes me so excited.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when that first uh, that first lip sync with Evie Oddly, I was like, what? well,
0: I mean, I guess that was the best one that, that will was ever so- happen. If that set the tone, I was like, I will buckle up every single Friday night and yeah. wait for this. I can't. It's mm-hmm. so I know that's why the Alyssa Edwards one was a little disappointing. But yeah. I, I've heard conspiracy theories that they've like edited around her like doing super great to try Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah you you
1: can't you can't have the award just keep piling up i think right yeah
0: yeah totally because then there's also all the question marks around like how long does the lip sync assassin have to prepare for this song versus like the queens Mm -hmm. that are on set all day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just want to oh god i love (laughs) it i love it yeah Uh, i love
1: how i love the i love the drag race community too like people just spend a lot of time thinking and knowing and learning and yeah Good.
0: It's really beautiful. Okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, we have some internet questions for you, Hank Green. We'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, thank you, Grace.
1: Not, 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 not too deep. What's grace
0: Okay, Hank, before we get into uh, a couple questions from uh, the internet, I'm going to ask you the two questions that every single guest on the podcast is asked to answer. Mm. Okay. And the first, since you've been on before, I don't recall exactly what your answers were to these questions. So we'll see. <laughs> Someone can go yeah. back and check and see if they're the same. Um, the first is Who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at?
1: Oh, or just gosh. spaghetti? <laughs> I probably told the story of the time that I threw cold spaghetti at a friend of mine and got in a lot of trouble.
0: I, that sounds familiar. Adam
1: and I apologize to Casey for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd be, oh, gosh. You know, obviously I can't, and I'm sure I'm not the only one to say this, I can't throw cold spaghetti at Donald Trump because, like, I don't want to go to prison, and, like, that's currently illegal. Like, very yeah. illegal.
0: Well, a lot of people have just flat out said they would, so yeah, you'll be joining like, a lot of people in prison.
1: Yeah. Well, well. the question is, do I have amnesty? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. Uh,
0: and this can change on a daily basis. This is just who in this moment that we're recording this podcast, alive or dead, would you most want to throw it at?
1: Yeah, it's so hard to not throw cold spaghetti at Donald Trump. Like, mm-hmm. it's just hard. Um, I mean, you know, imagine I,
0: the tweet that would come out of that situation. Who, yeah, who has that <laughs> level of
1: self-control to not do that? <laughs>
0: Uh, it's also just like so to throw it at someone like him is just so embarrassing Yeah, seeming like it's just so silly
1: yeah and he's like always he like hates it whenever like somebody sees like his makeup on his collar and like any like appearance of being imperfect is so Uh like counter to his narcissism that I'm just Uh like I just want to dirty that boy up
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that'd be great um, so is that your final answer? Then? That's my
1: final answer.
0: All right. Wonderful. Uh, the next question, as always, tell us your worst pants shitting story or a close <laughs> call. But you can only use three words or three small phrases or some kind of uh-huh. combination. So uh, mine, mm-hmm. for example, is college jogging front lawn.
1: Right. I think that my last one was my waffle stomp.
0: Yes. And, oh yes, that phrase I learned from you and has never left my brain since.
1: Um, but I can I've got plenty cuz I have ulcerative colitis. <laughs> so I there's a n- number of times that I um uh what about um, um seatbelt sign on uh Wait, what was? Hmm, I should have <laughs> prepped it better. I I knew what story I was going to tell. I just didn't know how I was going to say it. Okay.
0: You can take. You can edit. You can take it back.
1: What's the What's the area of the? Okay, I I, I found the word. Okay. okay. Um, um, it's three words is not enough.
0: Or a small phrase. Oh, well, I could just you know. say
1: like I could just say stuck on the tarmac. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can say that. So wait, what is it?
1: Stuck, stuck, on, stuck on the tarmac, uh, okay. which is four words. But okay. you know, you know when like your plane, yep. uh, like it it starts to go, but then it's like no, actually we're not gonna go. Yeah. Or when it like lands and it's like, well, the gate's not open, so we're just gonna sit here. Yes. Um, there that that period of time from when the 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 op- like the seatbelt light goes on to when you arrive at the gate, it can be a very long time when yes. you have an active uh. Ulcerative colitis flare and uh, and I actually like she saw me and I was like sweating and like, you know, in in, like obvious distress. And the stewardess was like, are you okay And I was like, I need to go very badly to the bathroom. And she was like, I'll tell the pilot. And so like they stopped the (gasps) plane so I could poo. And (laughs) and I like walked to the back and they like, yeah.
0: Oh no! And, and then, so like, just like, they were like,
1: "Well, we're not gonna, we'll, we'll stay here until you get back to your seat, because you can't oh. get up while they're on the ground. There's like very right. strict FAA rules,
0: right? Yeah. Oh no! So we'll let yeah. you alleviate yourself, but we're all gonna know. We're we'll all be <laughs> waiting and watching. Yeah, like as see, it it, like I'm like
1: pure green, oh, and like God. in like actual like significant pain and. Yeah, uh, but you
0: know you're not the first person that they've had to do something like Absolutely. that. That's that's Absolutely. how I remind myself. And like, of it situations. would
1: have been way worse for everybody if I'd shat on the plane seat.
0: Hugely, massively, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, I've I've been stuck on the tarmac with a, a very overfull bladder, and uh, it's yeah, I've re- it really opens up a new part of your creative problem solving brain that you didn't mm-hmm. know existed. Of like. Mm-hmm how can I use this blanket as a temporary diaper situation for myself <laughs> and possibly get off right. this plane with no yeah, one knowing? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's And also, like, uh, I watch a lot of Survivor now and, like, they put their bodies through insanity that it's really, truly, like, the mind over matter situation of I'll think myself into <laughs> comfort right now. I have a superpower yeah, called totally. my brain. Yeah,
1: yeah, right, I've got a cu- I got a couple of surprising tricks that prevents me from pooping when I otherwise would poop. There you go. Um, it's all about it's all about <laughs> understanding. Uh, one <laughs> thing that I don't know, like you, you do this to yourself. You have a whole section of your podcast about poop, so it's not... yeah.
0: It's like, there... well, that's the thing is that I feel like this could be your third book. I think people, yeah, it's not something that you know is necessarily enjoyable conversation. It's cathartic mm-hmm. conversation because it. Everyone has had difficulties and situations with it, and mm-hmm. uh, so yep. I like I like commiserating rather than shaming. Yeah.
1: yeah, I feel there's a weird thing where I feel like if I try and like hold my poop in with my <laughs> butt muscle, with my actual sphincter, it doesn't yeah. work. It just yeah. like tightens down and pushes on it. Yeah. But if I can like, there's like a muscle inside that's like further up that I can relax, and it takes okay. a lot of. It's like a meditative thing, and it's like I feel like a like some like kind your of your brain. I'm like, a, yeah, oh yeah, it's like I'm some kind of like a special monk who can control his like the speed of his heartbeat, except it's my poop. And <laughs> right. I, I can I can make it I can make it sort of like come back up a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into a space where you go, I might never have to poop ever again if yeah. I can master this ability. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I'm a poop monk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. OK, here's a couple Internet questions for you real quick before we wrap everything up. Um speaking of all of these, you know, um Southern Hemisphere shenanigans, uh someone wants to know what would April May's pants shooting story be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said you've created all of these stories about all the characters that mm-hmm. help you, you know, flesh them out uh, yeah. Uh, emotionally.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think April May's pants shooting story would definitely be like uh a too drunk mid hookup. Um, <laughs> Like sudden pause, you know.
0: Che- yeah, cheap sheets. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what's the weirdest and/or most embarrassing thing that Oren has said or done?
1: Um, <laughs> very recently we were we were we listened to this uh, podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me, as these mm-hmm. three brothers and they make very funny jokes and and tell people bad advice and they say fuck a lot and. Uh-huh. Uh, we are now at the age where we're going to have to stop listening to it because he looked down at my phone and saw the podcast art for this podcast and he thought about it for a moment and then he said fucking <laughs> and I'm like that's what you think the podcast is called
0: oh no like,
1: like you see that picture and like your first thought is is just the word fuck <laughs>
0: that's so interesting i wonder why that word it must be that it's like i mean it's
1: a great word like it's very sticky and like he can tell like even though we tried our best to not make a a big deal out of when he says it or when we say it
0: it's a superpower it's like how dogs know that your animals know that you're stressed out and Mm -hmm. you don't even realize
1: yeah yeah he's definitely he 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 says fuck all the time and it's like a problem Um,
0: Yeah, but how do you, I don't even know. He doesn't
1: know what it is. He, like, walks around and he, like, says words. Like, he says words all the time where he's just sort of, like, working out his, like, language center of his brain. And he'll be like, headphone, fuck.
0: Right. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, because you can't fault him. All he had were noises before he developed into words, and so he's still just testing out noises. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Okay, someone wants to know, if you could get paid in anything other than money, what would you want?
1: Mmm. I mean, tacos. Like, really good tacos, though. There's a place in Missoula called Camino, and they have these amazing, like, they make their own tortillas, and it's just like, I... Like and if if it all well, I guess I should broaden it and say just stuff like meals from the Camino, um, mm. and that in, that includes margaritas.
0: Great, yeah. yeah. If you get paid in those, it's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of people asked, "What side of TikTok is he on?" And oh, I don't the, know.
1: I'm on the Pelican side of TikTok.
0: What does this mean? <laughs>
1: so, so the so TikTok uh, is. like it's algorithmically based. And so it is constantly like showing you little bits of stuff and then seeing what you engage with. And then it's sort of like it's artificial intelligences group you into groups. And Mm -hmm. so there's like the gay side of TikTok and the straight side of TikTok. And like, once you sort of like migrate over to the gay side of TikTok, you see less and less straight TikTok. But there's also like these weird things that happen where um, the, the, group gets hijacked by a meme so for mm. example there was for for a while beans tiktok it's still a thing but like beans stick is kind of on its way out a little bit of a feel to me where there's just like it was very like weird bean content was surfacing <laughs> to the the people who are like not you know normal <laughs> the okay. people who kind of like thrive on weirdness uh were sure. getting really strange but very good bean content okay And uh, and there's a lot of people (laughs) who who of course then place value on the different parts, and they sort of like if you're on bean bean TikTok then or then you're like then you're on like elite TikTok, not on like basic TikTok.
0: Oh wow, okay. So I've
1: tried to create my own like safe space on TikTok, which is called Pelic Talk, and it's the (laughs) pelican side of TikTok where we where we talk about pelicans. Okay, and it's just me.
0: I think I mean, it has to start a movement has to start somewhere, yeah. Uh, and but
1: as as long as you use the same hashtags, then like so occasionally people will get like four Hank green pelican. <laughs> TikToks in a row, and they're like, "What is happening?" I'm like, "I hacked the algorithm.
0: I've infiltrated. I've done it." Uh, Is is pelican? Are pelicans an animal of choice for you?
1: I do love pelicans. Catherine used to work at a wildlife rehab, and so I've had some like straight up, very like close interactions with pelicans. They've always
0: kind of terrified me. I think they're they're
1: really big. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're.
0: much bigger than you assume they are when you get close mm-hmm. to them, and they're very pterodactyl like yeah
1: to no me. absolutely they there are pterodons that l- that not just look like pelicans but we think like are like convergently evolved to sort of the same feeding strategies so are wow. basically giant pelicans um but uh they're great they're very weird they have there's a lot of great things to know about pelicans and there's also some good <laughs> there's also some misinformation about <laughs> Uh, like some, some science communication I I'd like to do around, you know, what, how pelicans work and don't work. So,
0: that's um, great. I've got several
1: pelican TikToks all planned out actually.
0: Wow. I was going to ask you, someone wanted to know what is your absolute favorite weird looking animal, but,
1: uh, Uh, I mean, I don't know that that pelicans are it. There is a kind of sea slug okay that i'm i think that i'm more into and i can't remember the name of it but they're really pretty they're like these blue sea slugs i'll look it up and the thing that we were just talking about portuguese manowars it's called the blue uh-huh. glaucus the glaucus.
0: Blue glaucus yeah. okay yeah fun to say
1: and uh and i found out about this because i'm doing i'm doing research on manowar right now and um the blue glaucus actually predates Portuguese man o' war, which is very hard to do because they're like floating around on the top of the ocean and these are sea slugs, which you would think would be on the bottom, but they also inflate a bladder inside of their body, float up to the top of the surface, eat on the man o' war. And then you're thinking, but those are like super stinging animals, right? Right. The blue glaucus absorbs and takes the stinging cells of the man o' war and uses them on its own body to then incapacitate other war. so like once it gets one war, it becomes more powerful because it can oh. use the stinging cells from its devoured prey to attack its family whoa and they're also very very pretty and you look at them and, and <laughs> like bet. there's there's a lot hey, of pictures that's... of people like holding them in their hands but they're like don't pick them up because they can totally sting you
0: yeah, it sounds like it. So they basically take on the power from their first prey and mm-hmm. use it to kill their other prey. hmm Wow. Yeah. And those are your favorite weird-looking animals.
1: <laughs> the, well, they're also gorgeous, but they are oh. bad. They they, it does seem a little bad. Um, Isn't but that my favorite, always the case?
0: My, the most beautiful my, yeah. ones just take, <laughs> take, take.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably my favorite right now is the pelican, though, in terms of, like, actual affinity. Oh. I feel like like my Patronus is a pelican, Actually, says like he, like resonates a lot more than other patronuses I've had in the past.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Hank, we've reached the end of the podcast, but before you go, um, mm-hmm. usually as a, a gift to our guests for making time, we offer them a uh, personalized fortune cookie. But because we are doing this virtually, we have a virtual personalized fortune cookie <laughs> for you that I believe Melissa has emailed to you. I see it. Okay, and you can open it and read it aloud.
1: Okay, it says, knock, knock. Who's there? April, just kidding. We won't actually know if it's her or an imposter being her until we read the sequel, which technically isn't out yet. And I guess that's kind of your fault. No, just kidding. We're sorry. We just are really excited for the new book. Thank you.
0: That's wow. great. And that's, there you go. What a I've fortune. I've never,
1: never had such an information-dense fortune before.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 2020. Anything's yeah. possible. Uh, <laughs> Hank, where can people find you and listen to you and read the new book or, or pre-order it or get it? Everything, if they don't already know.
1: OK, I'm on TikTok. My name is Hank Green, but I am on, I am Hank Green 1. Because I couldn't get Hank Green. I was too late. <laughs> oh, I'm, that's Hank Green. Great. I'm Hank Green everywhere else. But on YouTube, I'm Vlogbrothers with my brother, John. And uh, also make science content on SciShow. Um, my podcasts are Dear Hank and John, which is an advice podcast that is bad with my brother. And it's wonderful, this, which is equally uh, wonderful. Which is my wife <laughs> criticizing my Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and my new book, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor, is out July seventh, which is either already happened or will happen very soon.
0: Wonderful. Go yeah. get that book. Uh, I I'm so excited it- to have people read it. Oh, it's going to be so great. Is it available on audiobook as well? Yeah,
1: actually, the audiobook is we worked really hard on it and there's podcasts in in the book, like excerpts from podcasts uh-huh. and we like recorded them as podcasts.
0: <gasps> That's so freaking cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, everyone go check out all of it, most importantly the book um and, you know, follow the TikToks. See where the beans are going. Uh <laughs> Thank you, Hank. Thank you, um, Grace. We will see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too, Not too deep.
0: deep. Not too deep.
1: This is Grace Helbig. Not
0: too, Not too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Eunice. Post production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.